0: Welcome back to The Basement, boys and girls. Uh, Your ears are not deceiving you. You are now tuned into Chunky Glasses, the podcast, for the second time this week, hopefully. I mean, maybe turn this off after the last one. I don't know. Uh, Normally, we only do one a week. Uh, It's just a matter, of course, that, yeah, these things take a little time to put together, specifically in the editing uh, but something happened this week That I felt we could not sit on More importantly uh, I had to get uh, we've been Looking for a reason to get one of our, our Guests this evening uh, down here Bryce Rideau From Random Nerds uh, We were looking for a reason to get him down here And we found it uh, The event I'm talking about is Pitchfork Media Settling To Condé Nast uh, It made waves on Tuesday Although eh, I don't know how far those waves went out but it, it definitely, uh, to my mind, affects uh, the space we operate in, the music journals, and space in general, and possibly uh, indie rock as a whole. So we did as we are wont to do: uh, invited Marcus Dowling down, invited uh, our new friend Bryce down, and uh, decided to hash it out. So there's gonna be no, there's gonna be no song this week. There's going to be no uh, other commentary. It is just us talking about this. Uh, so, here's your hot take, episode number one hundred and thirty-seven of the Chunky Glasses the Podcast, with Marcus Dowling and Bryce Rideau talking about the pitchfork sale to come next. It happens here, and it finishes here.
1: Two men enter, one man leaves.
0: Really, a two-word review? Just a shit sandwich. I will roll the record up and I don't have That right there is a, a lot, lot of power.
1: of his suburban minneapolis home all right terrible
0: bryce you want to tell us a tale of that
1: (laughs) uh according to uh wikipedia ryan schreiber was an indie music buff with no journalism experience when he launched the website pitchfork out of his suburban minneapolis home in 1996 first bearing the name turntable and (laughs) while i haven't figured out any proof of this it says that pitchfork the name is in reference to tony montana's tattoo in the 1983 film scarface
2: Things are starting to make sense. This all this all comes together. This is all wacky. I Googled
1: bullshit. Tony Montana's scar- tattoo and Scarface. I couldn't find anything. I found a Yahoo Answers thread that was also <sighs> going down the same rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's a Wikipedia rumor. Well then.
0: <laughs> All right, so, so the voice you're hearing right now is Bryce uh, Rudeau. How you doing? Uh, editor-in-chief of Random Nerds. Um, yeah. We've been sort of circling, trying to get you down here for a while.
1: It is a pleasure yeah, after this being in my ears for many hours. Oh, good. To finally good. have this be I'm, in my I'm face. I'm glad we
0: can waste your time, and I apologize for most of that time <laughs> wasted. Um, Marcus? Hello, hello. Remember last hello. time I said, don't make it this long? And, yeah, and I, I didn't. I See, yeah, this is... This is going to be a curse. I'm not going to see it for a year now. So uh, yeah, whatever. Say, but, whatever. Uh, whatever. So, uh, normally we do one podcast a week, and normally we're good with that. Although last year we were banging on two a week, mm-hmm. and that was hard. I'm just going to let <laughs> <that all> you-
1: <laughs> Any,
0: anybody listening to this who's ever produced a podcast, it's fucking hard to do that. Great. Uh, but uh, what was this? On Tuesday, I believe? Uh, mm-hmm. Was it? Uh, yeah. News came down. The Condé Nast, one of the largest publishers in the world, uh, bought Pitchfork Media. Uh, so there's no way I think we could not talk about it, and there's no way I think we could really. I, I'm sort of weirded out that we waited till Thursday. Like in hindsight, I'm like, "Fuck, we should have done
1: it on Tuesday." I, I think we got all of the hot takes out of the way, though. We now have okay. we now have passionate millennial males to, to talk about <laughs> okay. and the response to that. Yes, I mean, yeah, yeah, we're, yeah, we're yeah. second wave analysts. So okay, so no, that's actually
0: good, and that's better than uh, my usual like twentieth wave <laughs> <laughs> position. Um, right. So uh, I guess to start with, uh, you know, you gave a little background of Pitchfork. Yeah, there's no way you don't know what Pitchfork is, but it became this monolith. I mean, it still is. I mean, we, we're right now talking as if it, you know, doesn't exist anymore, but it does. Uh, it's bought by Kanye Nast. It it changed, I think, not just the landscape of criticism, and this is in podcast quotes, but also uh, how people made music. And I hate to admit these are things. No, this is brutal. like a deep, dark conversation that we've hinted at through, for this entire podcast, and now I we have to like come clean. The
1: hipster runoff is built up uh, over
2: the dam. Right, Ooh, right, man, man, man. Carlos somewhere is like really, really excited about life right now. I'm sure.
1: Actually, did you see the Q and A he did with Ezra from Vampire Weekend? Of course I did. That man. was great. Was great. Yeah. Indie on indie crime. <laughs>
2: nice. um, yeah. So uh, I wanted to jump in real quick. Yeah. And, um, this is kind of like what happens when your chickens come home to roost. Um, I think yeah. that this is uh, something that's been a long time coming. Uh, Pitchfork, somebody had to be the asshole. For who? For, for who, for, for For Pitchfork, ultimately. Like, okay. somebody had to be the asshole in the room. There was a time around, like, you know, 2005, 2006, when there were, like, you know, a million hipsters that were all kind of, like, sitting around staring at our internets going, well, well who's going to stand up and, like, take the lead? Right. You know, and, like, Spin is too mainstream, because they've been doing it in the ni- 80s and the 90s mm-hmm. and... Early two thousands and they were there. They were established. My uncle reads Spin. There you go. Right. So somebody and somebody had to stand up, and there was nobody that was really standing up. Like you know, hipster runoff existed, but they were more like left field and right. strictly internet based. And there was no and like strictly like super ultra hyper on top of God, that writing style. Yeah, movements, yeah. as they literally occurred second per second existed. There was nobody that was like doing like hard journalism like hard writing we're going to take the lead and tell you what's good and tell you what's bad it was just kind of like we're just gonna everybody was just talking about everything and pitchfork were the people that stood up and said this is what's good this is what's bad and this is why and we're going to rate these albums and we're going to give them these arbitrary numbers Mm -hmm. and once you and once you put and once the industry and the industry as well remember is starting to capitulate this is right around that time when the record Mm -hmm. industry is just falling to shreds and nobody knows who to look to
0: like, where are the bands? Where are the artists? Yeah, and this is also in, in what we were talking about with Casey, the very most recent podcast, when the digital revolution was taking place. Yeah,
2: so somebody, said so they needed to, so the record industry needs somebody to like look at and go, okay, where are the bands? Yeah. Where, where are the artists? And so if you rated over a 7.5 on your album on Pitchfork in that era, you were getting signed, you were getting an advance, you were getting yeah. a bonus, you were getting a big push. You were, you know, a, a relevant and major artist.
0: Because, because let's be clear, web traffic back then, I mean, there, there's, there's traffic, but web traffic back then for something like this just didn't happen. Yeah, it you, didn't. You, they got my numbers. Right. <laughs> uh, and all of a sudden, you have this thing, talking about this thing that's tapping into a, a demographic, which we are going to talk about. Yeah, well,
2: they were uh, the, they're the only demographic that, people, that they thought would buy any records, that was the weird part of the whole thing because they knew that mm. they grown people weren't buying records because that was obvious.
0: Well, they weren't buying the records. They wanted. They, they, grown people to, right? were buying like every fucking copy of the Eagles' greatest hits. Yeah, like, right. So,
2: but but yes. they weren't buying new music. People weren't buying new interesting music. Right. And then they're like, okay, well, who's buying music? Oh, well, the kids are buying music. Well, then what what Where are the kids understanding what music to be into? Mm-hmm. And then it was like, there's one site. Because there's always one.
0: Yeah. There can be only one. There can only be
2: one. And it was Pitchfork. And, you know, from there, they, they took that, you know, they they could have, they, and the funny part of Pitchfork is they could have chosen to accept or deny this, you know, great weight that had been placed upon their site. Mm-hmm. Like, they could just deny it and they could have run an editorial that said, fuck the record industry. Like, all of this is horse and bullshit and eff <laughs> right. it. Like, this is stupid. But they didn't say that. They just kept on reviewing things as if nothing happened. Right. And they're like, okay, we're just going to grow. Right. And then they grew and then they grew into, you know, having a festival and, mm-hmm. you know, having a, 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 they have literal, literal hardbound books that they put out now. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's, that's a thing. So they're very much a real and legitimate site. And at no, and the funny thing is, with, and I've seen with all this, like, kind of like hubbub about this, about Pitchfork being bought, is that, is that like, nobody stopped and realized that at no point did Pitchfork ever say that this was not a thing that they ultimately wanted to do. No. Agreed. Like yeah, they never stopped and said that.
1: I uh, I was doing my homework on this, yeah. and I had forgotten. Do you remember Altered Zones? Yes. yes. There, there a hype machine esque counterpart that mm-hmm. that existed for a, a few months. Yeah. I forgot about nothing major. The website covering we, which visual has to be arts. clear,
0: like as the old even though we're on Hype Machine, I have no idea what Hype Machine is.
1: <laughs> hype <laughs> Machine was the best year of my life. That then became okay. something that it right. just, Oh really? I'll yeah. explain.
2: I'll explain what Hype Machine is. For people, real real quick. Um. Hype Machine is an aggregator. Oh, of, I, I, I know what it is. But for people that don't know why it's important this conversation, is that Hype Machine aggregates music that is uploaded to the internet for people to download and hear and listen to, right. and through a series of hearts and likes and, you know...
1: And by aggregate, it aggregates the... the- B level blogs that you have your three favorite of, but that there are actually a hundred of.
0: Right. It it scrapes SoundCloud data and it scrapes whatever like metadata for any yes. track, any format you put it in and then yeah. it sort of repurposes it for that. Yeah. Which the idea being, I mean, it's the hype and so like if I look at a report on mine, I say like a you know, 20 other people reblogged this or 20 other people right. did this. And you know, in our case, it's usually like one because we're cooler. But fact, right. I mean, that's it's how you like, know that's to write why, about it. That's why we're in your basement. Right. Exactly.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but so, I mean, all these things, these are things Pitchfork tried to do. I mean, Pitchfork has always organically grown into spaces that felt like they had vacuums yeah. and they have failed and they have done other things. So agreed, like this isn't A weird surprise this is another vacuum that they are the right person to fill possibly
2: well they're 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 absolutely the perfect people to fill it they're the only people that filled it because they're really the only ones that like stood up and were like okay we're gonna do a festival but we're pitchfork." so our Mm festival is just organically going to be better than your festival 'Cause like, you know, like you know in DC we the have All Things Go Festival and we have all these other sites and people mm. that do the festival thing. But Pitchfork, they're a festival and, and I love, you know, the guys at All Things Go and I love the people that do these festivals all across the country. But you're not Pitchfork. You're not. You don't have you haven't like built that like, you know, right. industry legitimate credibility where like if somebody headlines the Pitchfork Festival,
0: yeah, they're they're a player. Like that they're like immediately maybe and and it's something like we'll, i think we'll get there but i yeah, mean yeah, yeah 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 i mean as far as economically and as far as in the public eye uh, yes yes you're a player yes, that is absolutely correct you're in the game um you you're know chance the
1: rapper yeah there you go yeah yeah
0: but i mean i think pitchfork came to them sort of late you know? mm-hmm. yeah so
1: they they are allowed to now though that is they, the they are right. allowed to so they, they can read they can delete old reviews they can they, which they have done which they have done multiple times. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And what was the one they just did? It was amazing. Yeah, I just read about this today. They wrote it. I think it was Kozlek and they were like it, they it was a good review and then Kozlek said something about them and they deleted it and put up a shit review. That's, yeah. That's so a thing. so I mean I it is. So so this this is what Pitchfork has become. This is what it is. Right. Uh, as someone who is one of you millennial fucks, pardon the term. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I wear. We have, a, we have a bearded white guy who's under the age of thirty. I really in I, our midst. I'm, I'm gonna it. put on it. my black hoodie and put the hood up and ignore you guys. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> dude, I love it.
0: Watching this happen, and this is, uh, and I I, 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 I don't know. I wouldn't call what what I do necessarily journalism, but watching, I am a fan of journalism. I am a fan of all this stuff. And watching the rise of Pitchfork and seeing how how things go. What, as an outsider, like I saw coming up is this very tastemaker site that is initially very encouraging to good writers. But more and more is pushing worse and worse music. Like, can, if somebody can explain the success of Grizzly Bear to me, like, I, you know... They have and, a cover and of... Not, and and I beautiful. never, like... I, I, I'll never, like, begrudge anybody for liking what they like. But, um, to the point that it became... Now, it's... I mean, we've joked about it on the podcast, and, we, and people make regular jokes about it. It's like, what... You, I mean, you're an editor-in-chief of a publication. Like, I don't know what Pitchfork ultimately was writing about whether they were actually writing about the music or whether it was self-aggrandization and and basically a place for people to just be like
1: fuck yeah I want to be Chuck Klosterman I mean we all wanted to be sex Sure. And rock and roll influenced sure. way more Lester people Bangs, than I think. Right. We, okay. we
2: all right so like yeah I'm I'm the biggest Lester Bangs fan in the world yeah I don't give a fuck what you say I don't care who wants to like stand up and fight me on this one I'm bigger Lester Bangs fan than all of you guys put okay. together like, you know, yeah, like, you will I'll, wrestle us. Yeah, exactly. I will wrestle you. I'll wrestle you down. King Call. It'll happen. So, anyway, so, so here's the problem with Pitchfork. Like, at some point, Pitchfork fell into what happens with all internet sites, and you, 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 you'll agree with this one. Um, the internet's an echo chamber of mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. Everybody is friends with everybody, and everybody wants to be cool, and everybody wants to be liked, and everybody wants to, like, you know, push a band that all of their friends like. So, when you got to a point with Pitchfork where they had a large enough staff, where it wasn't just like five people in a room but it's like 25 people in a room or 30 people in a room right. if all these people have the same friend and their same friend is sitting in the same email at the same time the same band and the same band has a sound that across that 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 thin layer of 10 20 30 people, they're gonna win and with right. like band's like and I mean if, if you listen to it there's like a pitchfork sound that that that, that fits like oh rap, for sure. If rap, it's like you know, Flying Lotus produced muddy. Although sort they of. rarely
0: do rap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But
2: what but they do? No. It's,
1: it's flying. Flying Lotus is the kind of rap I would give. Like I would let my mom hear, right, which yeah, is right, weird right, to say, but it's right. that kind of safe yeah, rap.
2: Yeah, so, and if you're if you're doing like you know, kind of like rock, indie rock, your your Grizzly Bear or right. who who those three girls... clap your hands, we, say yeah, yeah. Oh, who are those time? three girls that we buried? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh god i don't know no it wasn't girl no but you you were you yeah know. i was here girl was girl two girls girl pool girl yeah two there's girls. two of them yeah but we buried them under the ground yeah but they are because... young
1: and talented enough to be nurtured
2: yeah well but but, but we <laughs> what's the purpose of nurturing actually like, that's the thing we were at this point now where, where pitchfork started off like this this is what happens when when i'm actually really happy that pitchfork was sold i'll explain mm-hmm. why um and this will get into something we'll probably get into a little bit later. But, um, okay, so Pitchfork happened. Pitchfork right. became a festival. Now Pitchfork pushes, like, all of the same acts. Yep. At some point, you ter- Pitchfork would become McDonald's, and you want McDonald's to be McDonald's. You don't want McDonald's to, like, be McDowells <laughs> and like, act like they're, like, you know, pushing some sort of, like, Phony Baloney Burger. <laughs> right. You
1: just want them to be McDonald's. Right. And like, you're skipping over a problem that they encountered and, and burned right through the way a lot of, I think, every music blog did, which is, and we kind of talked about this with music writers earlier. Right. How many good bands can there possibly be? Well,
0: and, and if they, if they, well, if they, if they so, all so sound actually alike. Actually, how many good bands and how many good music writers? Sorry, let, so yeah. Let, yeah. But
1: if, yeah, but, but if
2: all the bands sound alike... Then you can trap yourself into a sound. Agreed. And you're ultimately okay. Like, like, like Girl Pool. Like we're talking about them. They fell into a sound. A very specific I mean, female-dominated do. like alt-rock thing. And they put and they an were, entire album of exactly. it. Exactly. And so when you do that and you know that the site that's going to crown you, the, the queens of the mm-hmm. universe, will automatically like the sound. Then you're all set. I mean, it happened to EDM with EDM blogs when everything became hard electro and, every, like, and everything let's sounded say, like. everything sounded know, like Calvin Harris. Whatever. Every
1: day yeah. I said, "Write me the best song. Write me one song a day." Mm-hmm. You say, "Okay, I could probably do that." We start getting traffic. I say, "All right, now write me about two songs a day, so we have that much more content." You go, "I could probably do that." Right. Eventually, there is a point where the the audience for oh show me a cool new song you won't you're gonna run out of ammo. And and Yeah. And unless you had a very great diverse group of large amount of people all coming together to think about what the next thing is going to be, there is going to be that part where you go, Oh, I'm gonna hype something that might not need to be hyped yet or ever, you know, and that, that's a problem. I mean that's that is the music problem.
2: Yeah. But here's why I said like I'm about, this is why I ultimately glad the pitchfork is getting sold, because now pitchfork is to be McDonald's. And when you look at McDonald's, you know it's McDonald's. You mm-hmm. know that this is crap that could kill you, but it's it's delicious. Like, So you're like, okay, this will kill me at some point, but it's, it's, it's delicious. As
1: you once wrote about on Random Nerds. You're, yes. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Exactly, exactly. Right. <laughs>
0: but, so, like, which, 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 by the way, we are not afraid to like, cross pawn. Yeah, oh, it's yeah, fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would all do that a, if you didn't like' We're yeah. all in a circle <laughs> right
2: here. So, so anyway, so the great thing about Pitchfork being sold is that like, okay, so now there gets to be a brand new like site. That could emerge, pushing a whole different thing. Since we've like literally sold all of indie rock that sounds all of the say all all the same to one giant place and made it very mainstream. Right now, you open up the whole universe again to like different So, different so kinds that's music. what I want
0: to talk about, and I think we can circle back to like like my personal uh, opinion is that Pitchfork ruined music journalism, like ruined it.
2: Well, it made everybody write the same. Exactly, for, yeah. but
0: and and made people who don't care about the music per se like be like but i can make money doing this and i really like grizzly bear so like um and but that last point by lifting this out it's like almost like lifting up a plug and a vacuum can run in and all of a sudden you have all these people who have been like i I have looked to pitchfork they're like i want to be that pitchfork writer but now they're like wait Pitchfork is the man. <laughs> Pitchfork, Pitchfork is the man with a, uh, you know, what, what, what we say, 83% millennial male. Uh, passionate. Passionate. Passionate millennial <laughs> male uh, demographic. Like, you, there's no way to defend those numbers. They just are. They, they are numbers. They are what they are. And, you know, you can, there were articles today uh, with uh, writer, female writers, which Pitchfork, uh, saying, well, I didn't know that. And, you know, none of this minimizes their accomplishments. None of this minimizes anything. But what Pitchfork is, is that shining thing for a 25 to what, 34 was it? Yep. Yeah. 18 to 34. Under 50,000 yeah, 50, income, uh, college, college educated, educated. white yes. males. And that, to my mind, has been ruling not just like the, the criticism space because honestly – I don't read a lot of, of criticism because there's just not a lot of good criticism out there, but I see the influence of all this on the bands that come up and the bands that we like that submit to us, and they all want to be this and they all want to be this because they got on Pitchfork or now it's spread out to like Stereo Gum, Consequences Sound, and all these people who are just copying what Pitchfork they're, did. They're you know, all Pitchfork trying, yeah, and so chamber. you have these little Pitchfork clones. But now, like that plug's been released, and all of a sudden like do you think people are going to come in and and be like wow all right
2: i'll i'll tell you where this is all headed like uh, this is my this is my take and um only probably only my take but um right. this will probably be relevant at some point so um okay so there's there's a one big thing that, that happened in the the music universe that nobody covered because it wasn't done by young white males um afropunk was like basically like sold out to red bull this year yeah and there's an Afro-punk that's happening in Paris. There's an Afro-punk that's happening in Atlanta. There's an Afro-punk that's oh, happening in LA. West Coast was in there. And L. there's LA. an Afro-punk
1: that's happening in New York City. Are they gonna have a survey of who's the most culturally appropriated? Well. <laughs> I vote Atlanta.
2: <laughs> Beautiful. Um, any of it. So I think that um, the, the thing that we need to look at are um, if you're a young black male in America or a mm-hmm. young black female in America, your opinion all of a sudden really matters because yeah. now young black people are like super relevant because we literally just sold an entire culture of white people to the man. <laughs> yeah. Like we just sold, we, Bryce, we sold like a million of you. Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I don't to even- Conde Nast, just like- here, I checked Venmo. I got none of that. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, man! Said, you should have bro. Bro, seriously. But uh, but no. So like, they just literally sold like a million of you to Conde Nast. So the next big market now mm-hmm. is what weird black kids are listening to, and that's going to be a fun thing to watch. It'll be fun to watch and see because especially now that we're dealing with Black Lives Matter and you know sure, all of this sure. sort of thing, like how people deal with being appropriated for the purposes of making large sums of money I mean mm-hmm. I mean afropunk has no problem with taking money from Red Bull and bless as them bless, well, as well they should yeah bless them for doing that because now the entire country gets to be like you know a weird black kid and,
1: and I will defend Red Bull in terms of shitty like corporate sponsors granted I've worked with them before
2: I, as have I Red
1: Bull Music Academy does some great stuff like they do. if they you're do. going to be a corporate sponsor like there are worse things than having a energy drink that's probably going to kill you at least sponsor some good music
0: yes and and to be clear like I, I don't think any of us here are against corporate sponsors in fact we've mm-hmm. actually advocated for if you can sell your song to like mm-hmm. a Toyota a prius commercial or even do it or even a fucking yaris or whatever do it do it like but but but, but what big, we're talking know, about
2: I'm, I'm only concerned about this. i'll say this, i'll say this as well about this idea of like you know young black males and females having their like you know concepts appropriated for larger for large sums of money um i'm only concerned about the idea of young white males suddenly making r&b sounding folk music
0: Marcus yes I I have some emails to show you this is is already happening oh I'm
2: sure it is but but when that but it's gonna be fun to see like what this next thing looks and sounds like musically right I'm really intrigued by like what what are these bands gonna sound like like I'm really uh, cause it's like I don't know if you've heard of Rory Mm-hmm. Yeah, Rory's album comes out on on Friday, so we tape we're taping this on Thursday, so it comes out tomorrow. So it'll be out by the time that probably people listen to this podcast. No,
0: podcast podcast will come out tomorrow. Okay, so
2: we're fucking editing this so shit listen, out of So listen, so listen to go to Spotify and check out Rory's uh, album. um He's a black kid who makes folk R and B. Yeah, and that's gonna be a thing because you know if Grizzly Barrow is a thing on Pitchfork, right? Then what? And there's no site yet that does the black urban thing. Like, OK Player was a thing.
1: Right. But I don't know if... Thanks, they... Jason Whitlock.
2: Yeah, I don't... <laughs> no! Oh, my God!
0: Oh, my God! You just...
2: Jesus! Damn it, Jason Whitlock! Why did you blow it? He ble- screwed the whole pooch. God damn so, it. So, so the basically whole what you're
0: saying is... But, I mean, because this stuff has always been going on. I mean, there's... There, without, like, a question, there is... You can't comprehend the genres of music that (laughs) exist in this world. And it's simply because it is one of the most basic forms of human expression. Yeah. Like, so people are going to do it and they're going to do it. And when you get, uh, I'm going to keep bashing on girl bull, When you get somebody like that who like, is like maybe pitchfork will like us, even though I know that's not conscious on
1: their part, but NPR did more to help them. Yes, they did. They oh, absolutely oh, Okay, okay, did. <laughs> let's, talk, let's talk about that for a quick second. Okay. No, no, no.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know where I'm going, so it's okay. You, you, but, we'll get there. But the
0: idea that all of a sudden now this won't get a uh, you know a 6.8 or a 6.5 on pitchfork because you're not. I mean, the classic example, actually, they're playing in town, Blitz and Trapper. I don't know what. I, I don't know if they, like, killed like Ryan's mama or, or what, but they went, well. I also know they made a few bad albums, but <laughs> <laughs> but but they went from being the the super like darlings of them because it was a weird thing, and uh, to being not because they cleaned up a little, and that was not okay. Now, you know you have like like, like oh another example. Fuck FK Twigs, not not down with it. And then Marcus was like like <laughs> I have no con-
2: go run it. Run I got, it. I, got fl- I got a run, complete opinions. Run run uh, tell, run run till that.
0: No, so <laughs> so that is, like, essentially, it's, it's if you haven't heard music like that, like, you just aren't listening to, like, you aren't, <laughs> you aren't paying attention. They are, like, her, like, musical Jesus from last year. Well, so, well, I mean, if we could get all the way, like, into, like,
2: the FKA Twigs thing, like, that's funny because that's going to be, like, a thing that's going to get pushed now because if you're going to look for, like, music for a, a weird alternative mm-hmm. black kids are like, you know, then... This this weird alternative black
0: girl who, who I don't sings, think weird alternative black kids are going to like that. Maybe I mean not. Oh, no, but but when it's forced. when they're forced to. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's talk about the number of
2: pitchfork bands that we were forced to like.
0: Yeah, I mean yeah, we didn't have an option.
2: You know, a band all hope. You know, like true. Can we can we start? We don't, we, don't, we don't, Let's not name names, but you know we could do that.
0: We we are a podcast where you can name names. Yeah, I'm No, so, uh, yeah.
1: yeah, so Bryce, you were yeah. gonna say. You, I, I mean, I mean, we, were, we talked about a lot of things just now, but we like, we talk about NPR, and it was funny. I, the reason I brought that up because we were talking about Girlpool is that, I, to plug my own site again, uh, we have a column yeah. called "Some Songs Considered" that is a direct mm-hmm. playoff of NPR's "All Songs Considered," because the joke is that like, a there's not that many good songs out there, and you really shouldn't be, a, a, mm-hmm. but b they also. They're really only going after a a very NPR-ish. Well, they have their oh, yeah. audience too. Remember
2: that time that like NPR suddenly became Pitchfork because Pitchfork needed a twin? Thank
1: you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and and, and like, that, I'm not even gonna lie. Yeah. And I love people that write. A, I love people that write. It in and PR. look, that, that's not discrediting. I think any of the work that like mm-hmm. Bob or Robin has been doing. Mean, we all know them, and you know nah, they, but they, they did but, what they did. But it's also NPR is a corporation, and so a lot of that is out of their hands. Mm. Um, uh, which, by the way, we still haven't gotten around to it, but we are gonna like. Master the uh, Twitter handle All Dongs Considered, but that's love that. But, um, but um,
1: six and a half eggplants.
0: <laughs> Swag. <laughs> so, but yeah, you're right. Uh, you know, so you had now, uh, the cork's been pulled, but actually NPR remains as a monolith of even wider, perhaps. Oh my God! Older, weird. older, older. Okay, older. We're it's, gonna it's go for with older. The,
2: you know, it's it's for the it's for the the older. It's for the, the the white hipster who turns twenty eight, yeah, and suddenly realizes that like he's twenty eight and he can like actually maybe like purchase
1: a condo. Yeah, I'm right here, bro. I'm saying, man. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean,
2: you know, twenty
1: nine in February,
2: you know that moment, right? Yeah, and then you realize that pitchfork
1: might be a little too young for you. Oh, it was about a year ago, but yep. Right. There it is. And do you know what? The new trend is not to get the condo in the city. It's to save money for the house and like the cabin in West Virginia and then rent in the city. Oh. Oh. There it is. Taking advantage of good real estate. Exactly. But it's funny. So you said that, you know, there's a power vacuum. Mm -hmm. Is there an odd, like, so let's say 10 years ago we were probably all hunting music blogs that we loved and there was but and pitchfork was the the pinnacle of it but is there even an audience for kids that want to spend an hour of their day hunting blogs or are they just happy enough to go to spotify's user who puts together playlists they like
0: yes i
1: mean <laughs> yeah it's so, no it's, it's
2: so ill you said that that's amazing cuz um my new favorite thing that i think like everybody's going to start hopping on real soon is that uh, Spotify now does this, like, weekly playlist. Yeah. Where they, like, have, the the algorithm is brilliant. Like, they they figured out a way to, like, give you songs that you just might like. Mm -hmm. Based off the songs that you play a lot, have maybe favorited or whatever, and they just give you this playlist of, like, weird stuff that either, like, for instance, like, I read an article, I posted it on my Facebook. Um, Facebook.com slash Marcus K Dowling, since we're in habit of giving links yeah. Bryce is doing that.
1: Patreon campaign for you too.
2: Yeah, Patreon.com slash Marcus K Dowling. At
1: all dongs considered. <laughs> hey, You know, all
2: right, cool. So uh, anyway, so it's like I was I was reading this article and they were talking about how uh, there was uh Drake's Hotline Bling. Uh, this woman had been playing Hotline Bling a lot on her Spotify and the I song that that, yeah. that sample the song that spot that at Hotline Bling samples Cha-cha? ended up in her no no no. Ended up, well, well it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a mirror of cha-cha, we know that. But um, <laughs> it's, um, it, it was like included in her weekly playlist right? because the internet is just that smart now. Yeah, And to me, that's where we go now because people don't like to read writing. We know this because advertisers on the internet are like freaking out left and right.
1: Did you ever read the BuzzFeed short story about what life, fictional story of life after the big hack where everyone's email gets hacked? Yes, it's great. It's it's phenomenal. It's one of the best things that BuzzFeed's ever done. I never thought I'd say that, but one of the consequences they March bring up to me. Dude.
0: Bryce. To be fair, I I always feel shame about bringing Gawker into the site. You've now brought BuzzFeed. Oh. So here's my
1: argument against BuzzFeed, and I will I will do this. I used to hate them a lot, and then I realized they hated them because they would put great stuff next to shitty stuff, which they still do, and that's frustrating because it devalues everything. But yeah. there is some good stuff there. Anyway. So they talk about Amazon in this future, after all your data is hacked, will send you stuff without you paying for it, knowing you probably want or need it. And if you don't return it within 30 days, they take your money.
0: It's, yes. So like, mm-hmm. you know, you're
1: out of paper towels or also like you might like this sweater. Right. That is now what music has done already. That, that is the one industry where they figure that out and they put it in front of you and then they say, we dare you not to like this.
0: Yeah. Right. I mean, it, it well, it actually sort of circles back to what we were talking about with Casey about the marketplaces for people who are actually engaged in this stuff. Uh, so, honestly, and the people who aren't are not listening to this podcast right now. <laughs> so, this is for the, you know, one or 2% of people that are, are legitimately engaged in this and may or may not be concerned. I mean, To put it in like uh, I hate to say DC terms, but you know you're talking about like punk music and like that's not punk as fuck anymore and stuff. This is the least punk as fuck thing you could ever do, and yet there are people who are completely fine with the complete I I don't commercialization isn't really the right word, but the homogenization of what Pitchfork became uh, up until this point.
2: It, it's funny. I think that we, we haven't yet talked about the fact of what Pitchfork's about to become.
1: Oh, there, there uh, was irrelevant?
2: No, not even irrelevant. But like, I'm waiting for the moment, and this will happen, and, and we'll all laugh when it happens, and you'll remember this podcast when you listen to it, when we're watching Empire and, mm. you know, yeah, and, and Cookie... Last was
0: amazing. I know.
2: Um, and Cookie pulls up on the internet a review of Lucius's album on Pitchfork. on Pitchfork. And Pitchfork then takes that next step of becoming part of the Zeitgeist. Actually part of the Zeitgeist. Actually part of the, yeah. like that's where I think they want to go. Like, you know, the guys who the guys who started Pitchfork, that's where I think they want to take this. It's the only thing that's left is to
1: become Rolling Stone. Right. It's funny. I was just thinking because you were talking about the monolith, and you know, there's the there's some a few classic rock songs that mention Rolling Stone and being on the cover of the Rolling Stone. How many songs have it hit Pitchfork yet that aren't like just you know zero? I think that's going to be a fun one when all of a well, sudden you a, get like
0: I all the musicians I've talked to they have a very love hate uh, relationship with them because they are like they everybody understands that this drives like sales like if you get a good review. You get dollars. That's sort of how that works. Uh, at the same time, – I think, especially musicians, because you're talking about creative, uh, different types of creatives sort of pitted against each other. Like we're the people who make the music, and oh no, no we're writing. We, maybe we're better than you. And it's like, no, you're all, but you know, which is I think the zeitgeist yeah. that was created, and and pitting that against, so so the musicians all know that that's the case. And they're like, well, we don't want to do anything to have to cater to this. But at the same time,
1: (laughs) here's our new single. (laughs) These
0: guys somehow, uh, you know, assholes who can't pick up a guitar. And that's not all of them. Mm -hmm. Lots of people are like multimodal, polyglots, if you will. Uh, You know, these people, but for argument's sake, people who can't pick up a guitar are trying to tell me the value of my art.
2: But that, that's where we are now. And the music industry needs somebody to tell them what to do. You know that.
0: I. <laughs> yeah, his, name, his name's Casey Ray. Yeah, exactly. So to be here's
2: so, Yeah, here's, my, here's, my, here's my, my great fear in all of this is that in five years, we're going to have Viceroy produce an album with tracks by Mariah Carey and Usher and Steven Tyler and anybody who does one of those stupid shows on Fox or NBC. Mm-hmm. And this will totally happen. And it'll be because Pitchfork is part now has a space in the, the 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 vaunted music site, you know, right? You know, pantheon. And that's the thing that we really need to think about as well. Also, is like, are we comfortable with like these these people that we've made heroic in the last ten years in this this hipster dominated era? Are we okay with all these people suddenly now becoming like mainstream heroes? And are we prepared for like, you know, like 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 Tory to do albums with Lil' Cool J? Are we really prepared for that? Because this is a thing that could happen, and and it's it is frightening yeah. to consider. <clears throat> When you consider, like, oh, my God, all my rowdy friends have settled
0: down or... Except I don't yeah. think it will happen. I think what will be revealed is that they, that of has bought this publication based on this its readership. And its readership is so small compared to the general population. We're talking about a subset of a subset but of a subset. But they're going to
2: get the crossover now. It's that, it's that weird, but, like... But yeah. the,
0: I don't think there's crossover. I think they're going to be, like, talking to... You about, like, if they change it at all that that's the thing which they're going to but that it'd be a, an audience just doesn't care
2: Bro. I, it might my my, my my only concern with that and i and I, I i hear where you're coming from yeah but i also see it's Nast, and they they're gonna want to do big and pitchfork i know and pitchfork is obviously at a point where they want to do big too so like i easily see pitchfork as a magazine as a like you know quarterly magazine appearing in Whole Foods So
0: when so, I'm in line just, let's in aisle four. Let's back, let's back, and, and I'm going right. to bounce yeah. Let's back it up real quick. So, so like right now, for example, Chance the Rapper is big. Mm-hmm. Is the new pitchfork going to talk about Odyssey?
2: Of course they are. They're gonna no, talk they're about, not. They're going to talk about Odyssey? They're going to talk about Gold Link?
1: No, they're
0: not.
2: No, no
1: Yes, Who, they will after the fold. Okay. In a, after the fold. You think? They will. They, a smart... A smart move is pull someone in with the headline that you want and Mm -hmm. keep the underlings happy with mentions. Yeah. Yeah. That will continue to be the case. What I was going to bring up when you're talking about, you know, the Condé Nast is what they are is physical though. And that's a very interesting Mm. counter move to what a lot of people are saying right now is that, oh, like no one's reading things. As someone that spends a lot of time looking at like predictions of marketing trends, Generation Z, as they are calling them, is going offline. And they are... I, I, if I could do anything right now with Random Nerds, it would be to print it out for free on a piece of paper and, and put it places because... Don't ever do that, though. If you did it for free. If, you, if, well, okay, if someone yeah. paid for the printing... If someone <laughs> paid for the printing. <laughs> <laughs> if which if is Cundin what... kind of paid for the right? printing. Because the battle for that digital real estate is so fierce that... There is an entire world outside the 17 inches of your monitor that not a lot of people are fighting for.
0: And, that, and that's the thing. So, like, I have actually eight tabs open of their main publications. Mm-hmm. Of, and the web stats, they don't really look that impressive. But if you look at, uh, see, which one is this? This is uh, details, uh, subscriptions, 532,000. Uh, yep. New Yorker,
1: 1,000,000. There there is something to be said for the that it's going to be in the CVS or the whatever shop in the small town where the person who doesn't have that much access like there's no record stores anymore, there's barely any venues. Right. But there will be this thing that looks cool enough that was the same reason I was picking up Rolling Stone at twelve. Right. Because it seems like an institution that is at least accessible. Right.
0: It, is it is this all happened before and it will happen again?
1: I constantly wonder that as a passionate millennial male. I, I am just starting to see the second wave. millennial
0: fuck, but you know, whatever.
1: No, no, but man. I'm just starting to see the second waves of things. Like I'm yeah. seeing the second wave of punk, which was weird. Like that was something mm. that happened. Pop punk came when I was 14. Absolutely, yeah. And it's happening again. It's and it's weird, like, oh, weird. That's, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. And like, there's other things. But so, I mean, I do think that it is a little cyclical that the next move will be people skewing towards, I, I wouldn't be surprised if zine culture came back.
0: No, well, zine culture I don't think has ever gone away, but zine culture does no, have an impact.
2: Yeah, okay, so like, just imagine like Pitchfork being that zine that's like I said an owl for it at, at Whole Foods. Like, and it's it's a quarterly because they they don't want to do right.
0: monthly because then that 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 removes all of your cool. But this also like puts them in a thing. So now say I mean they do have their pitchfork quarterly, which yeah, is Yeah, but you can put that in the stores now and I know this, but sure, that that's what they want to do. But you can all but you can also do a pitchfork like weekly, you can do a pitchfork monthly, you can do whatever. And all of a sudden you're competing
1: with Spin and Rolling Stone, which I mean I don't know. I think the quarterly idea works. I mean, if you notice like Grantlin, that's what they're they try to do, God bless their souls. Yeah. Um but like the quarterly move is interesting because everything around music now is based around the concept of ex- exclusivity, and yeah. and want and need and establishing desire. And so I yeah I don't know I don't know and, I, and I would
0: argue that that move actually is the only place journalism actually exists on Pitchfork anymore. Yep,
1: agreed. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah, I do think the quarterly is a smart move in terms of just like that would if you called it the Pitchfork Quarterly and you mm-hmm. had. At least two articles each thing. Like if you had the Prince reveals everything article, yeah, and you had Prince Janet David Jackson Billy. doing commentary on a new album, right. we'd all be forced to at least read that. And that's yeah. and that's all you need to do is get people to shell out four ninety five.
2: Yeah, and and that's I think that's where honestly Condé Nas wants to go, because they know that this is a this is an age bracket that is moving in in age. You know, eighteen to thirty four. These are people that are becoming either 25 or 40. So these are people who have disposable income. These are people who want to engage with music, obviously. Right. And these are people who, if they made a hard copy, whatever, or if they made a internet millennial letter style newsletter that came out weekly with cool content Mm -hmm. that they could slap a Toyota Camry ad in the middle of, they could do that too. Yeah. And I mean that's where we're going. I mean, and I think the pitchfork to their credit realizes that that's where we're going in in the media marketplace. And I think and I think that they know their market yeah. so well that they're willing to take this move that everybody's going to land based, but they know deep down that the people that really are intrinsically like involved with their brand are going to be perfectly okay with.
1: Do you think that this move into the physical would help? Let's say like if I I, I tell this move to everyone that will ever hire us as, like, a strategy client consultant is the Birchbox model is the idea of the future, which yeah. is that, like, I think I brought this up to you that, like, yeah. imagine if Pitchfork had a subscription where you got the quarterly and once a month you got tickets to your local venue, the, the, hot, uh, the pre-release of blah, and so, and so and so and so and so. It's just a matter of the fact that Pitchfork is now not just digital. I think this helps paves the path to be them becoming. Well, we we more don't know
0: that it's not just digital.
1: We tr- true. We
0: we do not know that there's going to be a print that. magazine. Well, I'm
2: almost, I'm almost positive they'll do it. It's I not, I, I am too. But yeah, but, that's and, true. I, you're and right.
0: I, and, I, and I and I work for one of the largest like printing conglomerates in the country. So yeah. I, I have not seen
1: anything.
2: Yeah, I'm almost positive a... that they'll do a print because it'll it'll look it'll look so cool.
1: It will. Right. And it's funny. Cool. one now. <laughs> I think this is one of those things I think they've been flirting with like um, Joe Corbett who's the CEO of Random yeah, Nerds yeah. brought this up that you know the Dissolve which Pitchfork owned uh, they shut down out of nowhere I'm a few months so ago i glad you're talking about and this. it's really interesting what he brought up as smart CFO guy was like oh they did that to clear their books to clear losses off their books to get a higher evaluation for when they got sold and well, I went
0: unfortunately they also got rid of the only real journalism being done on the site
1: yeah, yeah. But it's which what, is
0: that I said earlier that I don't read a lot of like stuff because it's sort of useless. Nothing on Dissolve was useless. No, there, and uh, I think one of the writers is that uh, yeah, Charles like, Burnsco yeah, is a great writer. Random nerds. Mm-hmm. So that is a. And in fact, I tweeted out when this happened, and, said, and yet like Dissolve lies in a shallow grave somewhere in South Southside Chicago.
1: Yeah, and with, with <laughs> zero warning, with I mean, and, no one knew,
0: and you know. So, I mean, that's, that's, I guess that's good for the consumer, the capitalist world and whatnot, but for the, for people who actually care about this stuff, like my, my thing to circle back to like the sort of the void, this leaves. Yeah. And, and I think we've sort of established really, the void isn't that big, but the void that I'm actually concerned about and excited about is that growing up, uh, I think all of us could have tested this. Like, you know, you hear about people like, uh, you know, Lester Banks, fucking mm. Hunter S Thompson, uh, you know all these like legendary like people. If you write, you at some point in your life wanted to be those people, and then you, hopefully, if you're a good writer, sooner or later, you like sooner rather than later, you realize you're not.
1: <laughs> but you're your own special thing.
0: No, no, no. But <laughs> <See, see, laughs> no. that, that that doesn't work. <laughs> no, that's the that's the hip point that I hit
2: when and, I like you know, one but, day but, I realized. But, yeah. Yeah.
0: Let, 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 me, let me finish out this yeah, point yeah. thought, and then we'll. So what I'm excited for is is that maybe just maybe and this is just being hopeful is that somebody will be like fuck it now i have my chance because you have to be insane to live like the life the life that led to that art you have to be insane to Mm -hmm. do and you but more importantly you have to love it like explicitly Mm -hmm. that's what you love and i don't Think, I, I think what Pitchfork did, it dulled it. It was like a heavy shot of clonopin, and like everybody was just like, hey man, you know, this is cool, and, and like <laughs> this is how we're gonna do it. And now you have people like, well, I thought that was punk as fuck, and now it's not, and maybe I should just do what I want to do. All right, so right now you might be saying to yourself, That doesn't sound like that was finished. Uh, What's going on, Kevin? What the hell is happening down there in the basement? I will tell you right now. Uh, In 137 episodes, we have never had real technical difficulties. They finally hit us. Uh, I'm going to blame our Chrome browser, which had all our stats. uh, But essentially, uh, not to get too technical about it or scientific, uh, the memory crapped out and cut our conversation short, and it is lost forever into the digital wasteland that is uh, my hard drive. Uh, So, in those six or seven minutes, uh, basically uh, we all did our traditional, you know, like, thanks for coming down, yep, 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 yep. We also solved world peace, we also solved this music industry thing. You know, it's pretty monumental what you can do in a few minutes. Uh, Unfortunately, you'll never be able to hear that, and I don't know if we can replicate it. But we'll see. Maybe next time. Um, But, that's said, I think you get the gist of what we were talking about. So uh, thanks again to Marcus for coming down. Thanks again uh, to Bryce for finally coming over. You can check out his work over at Random Nerds. They're doing some really great stuff over there. You can check out Marcus anywhere because he is pretty much the universe. So uh, that's about our podcast for this week. As usual, you can subscribe to us in iTunes. Uh, you can rate us there uh, or not you know, who cares, whatever. Uh, we just like that you're listening to us. Even if you're not like subscribing to us, that that's cool too. Glad to entertain you. Uh, next week on the podcast proper future Bird stopped by the basement this past weekend. So we're going to have that conversation for you. Also going to have uh, a new track from DC's very own Polyon. Uh, this is Ryan McLaughlin's new band of type fighter fame, who actually Bryce is quite a big fan of type fighter. Uh, so it's, it's all symmetrical, man. And coming together in synergy or something. Um, and uh, and actually, it's a pretty meta conversation that we're talking about a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about the past two weeks. So, uh, please tune in then. And until then, be good to your ears, but be better to your people. We'll see you in a few. <laughs> oh. Kenobi.